Along with individual experts, Surgeon Masters brings you life improvement strategies in 10 minutes. These proven principles and strategies are easy to learn and can be applied immediately, allowing you to practice your best. Here's your host, Jeff Smith. Welcome, this is Jeff Smith. Uh, I have a guest with us for the Surgeon Masters uh, mini podcast, uh, Dr. Helene Fronick. Dr. Fronick is uh, uh, practicing in internal medicine, has been a specialist in venous disorders. She's also a physician coach, focusing on challenges like work-life balance, communication, delegation, resilience to physician burnout, and writes regularly for the San Diego Physician Magazine, uh, a column on physician coaching. Uh, she also does this for Vein Magazine. Uh, Dr. Fronick, welcome. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. So we wanted to talk uh, a little bit about uh, making an impact on burnout, and I know that you have uh, a lot of experience in that area and thought I would get your overview on where we're at in the topic. Well, it certainly is a big topic, and personally and professionally, I'm so happy that more and more groups and individual physicians are talking about this. Um, as you know, the culture of medicine teaches us that we should ignore ourselves and that the only thing, the, the primary thing that we're supposed to focus on is patient care. And so with all the changes that have occurred over the last few decades in medicine, there are a lot of reasons why physicians are really struggling. Uh, there's a lot of data showing that it, over half of the physicians in the United States are experiencing at least one symptom of burnout. Um, there's a big conference every year uh, talking about non-clinical careers for physicians, and about 400 people show up to that conference every year. And one of the consequences of burnout is depression, anxiety, and suicide, and three to 400 doctors kill themselves every year. Um, in addition to that, and, and sadly, only 26% of physicians who have suicidal thoughts ever seek any help because, again, in medicine, we're taught that any, any mental illness or any outreach that we do sharing our worries or our concerns is a sign of weakness, and we should never do that. So to me, so how, I'm How do we delighted. change that? Yeah, how do we um, change that? Well, I think it's really important for people to change their stance on what constitutes strength and what constitutes weakness. There is no person in the world that does not need help at some point in time. If you're in the operating room and you run into trouble, it's considered good clinical judgment to say, I need help. I need a vascular specialist or I need an assistant. That's good clinical judgment. And we should extrapolate that concept when it comes to reaching out for help for ourselves. So you highlighted the, the talk, um, and I think we were doing an increasingly good job of talking about it. So what are next steps beyond the talk? Well, that's a really good question. And um, 
being a very practical, action-oriented person, I'm always really happy to get into that discussion. And I think all of the data shows that the best effect comes from a combination of interventions on the organizational or system-wide level and interventions that individual physicians can undertake. And unfortunately, the system-wide changes, I think, will make the most effect. They, They really will. And they're going to take more time. They've been pretty slow in coming. Uh, But things like getting scribes, having a pharmacy team to do routine medication refills, having physicians work and having everyone in the healthcare team work at the top of their license. Uh, If I can be really blunt, it is idiotic to have the most highly trained and the most highly paid person in the healthcare team doing data entry. It's just idiotic. No CEO in any good company would be doing work that he or she did not need to do. So things like that, gosh, there's so many other things. The EHR is a billing tool and the customer is really the business aspect of the healthcare operation. We need to change that. So that doctors' opinions and doctors' needs are taken into account. And to get any of these things enacted, our physician leadership needs to really step up and advocate for us. And we, in turn, need to really turn up the volume and let our physician leadership know that we need them to do this, that these things really do need to change. Every physician across the country notes that the electronic health record has negatively impacted their life and their relationships with their patients. We know that already, so now we need to start taking action. Um, On a personal level, there's so many different things that physicians can do and that really make a difference. So things like mindfulness makes a tremendous difference in every physician's life that I have encouraged to use it in. Um, Paying attention during the day to things that do lift your spirit. You know, we tend to remember what we pay attention to. And most of us pay attention to the things that irritate us during the day, the things that are inefficient, the interactions that didn't go well. So at the end of our day, that's all we remember. If we intentionally pay attention to the meaningful interactions we have, the times that we do make a difference in the life of a patient, the collegial interactions we have with our staff members, or even just beautiful things that we see during the day, if we pay attention to that and notice it, we will remember that. And that will change our experience of our life. Um, A lot of times people feel, physicians feel that they have no agency in their life, that they don't have any power to change anything. So one thing that I've found to be really helpful for physicians is to keep a success journal. You know, people talk a lot about gratitude journals, and those are very helpful. But keeping a success journal, just writing down anything that happens during your day that you felt successful at. Maybe you tried something that you were afraid to try before. You held a difficult conversation you were really worried about, and it it went okay. Anything like that, so that when the expected untoward complications or difficult interactions occur during the day, we can pull out our success journal and remind ourselves 
that we really do have some agency in our life. So those are just some of many, many things that physicians can do on an ongoing basis that don't cost any money, don't take any extra time, and can really shift their whole experience of their day. Well, that's fantastic. Uh, I'll have you just give us one quick point at the end to remind everybody. Yeah, so I think the most important thing is to really pay attention to ourselves. We were taught as physicians that we have a responsibility to learn. We have a responsibility to practice what we do. We have a responsibility to care about our patients, but nobody ever told us that we have a responsibility to monitor and protect our own well-being. And if people can take away nothing else than that from this conversation, that would be fantastic because our well-being impacts everything else that we want to do in our life. It impacts the quality of our relationships with our family, our friends, our patients. It impacts the quality of care that we can provide. So just paying attention, noticing when you're feeling stressed, noticing when you're feeling some of the symptoms of burnout, and then reaching out and getting some help with that is would be a tremendous step forward in terms of protecting against and recovering from burnout. Well, thank you, Lane. Oh, my pleasure, Jeff. Thanks for inviting me. There you have it. In less than 10 minutes, this is Jeff Smith along with Dr. Elaine Tronick. Until the next episode of Life Improvement Strategies for the Surgeon Who Wants More. Ciao. Now, take 10 minutes and put your plan into action to practice your best.